Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Kool-Aid. What is going on, everybody? It is a Friday. We are back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast talking Detroit Lions like we always do twice a week for all the Detroit Lions fans out there. Now, this is normally when I introduce Grifka. I'm going solo today. I mean, I don't know if Grifka put all you guys to sleep on Wednesday when I asked him to try to do an entertaining show because I couldn't make it. Uh, Jeez, oh man. Did anybody count the Grifka ums or the obviously's or the I'm not quite for sure's or the times that he said, you know, Derek sometimes says this, Derek. Oh my goodness. Grifka, I'm going to beat you up later in the show. Cause that's kind of what I do here on a couple other things, but come on, man, we got to bring the noise when you're here on the Kool-Aid cast going solo. So I'm going to try to do that today. I'm uh, excited to be back on and talk to you guys. Um, let's get some news and notes. Uh, before I get to news and notes, let me, uh, do in place of Grifka what he would probably do in this point. Let me let me get my Grifka radio voice out. Well, hey guys, um, you know the uh, weather report uh, for this weekend. It's going to be in the 40s and 50s, but you never know. You know, um, you know, Mr. Winter might come back here because he's known to do that. Um, you know, it, it'll be a nice day if that doesn't happen though. It'll be a nice day if you got some functions or you want to go out and and play on the teeter totters or maybe uh. You know, enjoy valuable time with your kids, all that good stuff. And uh, other than that, we're that much closer to football. And, uh, oh yeah, TGIF. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Grifka, I'm having some fun with you, but uh, Grifka always gives you the weather report and the TGIF. What I do is I'm going to try to entertain you guys today, bring you some unique topics, talk some football. So let's get in and let's do this. Let's get to some news and notes. The Lions came in big when it comes to free agency. We talked about that previously, but they've been really quiet. You know, haven't done anything, uh, still have lots of money left. I mean, I've heard anywhere from, you know, 20 million up to 30, 35 million left based on how all these contracts are um, situated and whatnot. But uh, they haven't done much. You know, I've been waiting for another move of substance. They haven't done it yet. I've heard some rumblings about Logan Ryan, about, um, gosh, who was the guy I heard today? They've, uh, you know, they've been talking about Correa from the tight, you know, some different names are coming out. Um, you know, Logan Ryan's the one that catches my ear because, you know, they still need that cornerback after they moved on from Slay. Um, I, I'm kind of excited to see what Trufant, AO, and people can do. But, uh, you know, Logan Ryan, me, to me, depending on the price point, would be a guy you could bring in here. 
that could, uh, you know, he's played at a pretty high level. He, he'd probably make a decent chunk, so a lot of your remaining money would probably go to a player like that. I think it would really open you up in the draft to still take Okuda if you'd like, but also not feel like you have to because you're so um, leaving yourself, you know, a couple wide open spots there. So that's the one I'm keeping my eye on. But like I say, they've, they've signed a ton of people that are sort of off the radar. So I don't ever expect it to really be the names that we know. Uh, what, what we did get announced was a lot of special teams type moves. So they brought in McCray from Cincinnati. That seems like a pretty straightforward move. You know, the, uh, Braden, the new um, special teams, you know, coordinator, whatever he, uh, the, the, the dude with the crazy haircut, he, uh, you know, wanted to bring in a couple of his guys, I'm sure, from Cincy. This guy, McCray, has been a top type special teamer. I think that's a really nice low level type move. They also brought back Grifka's favorite player, one of his favorite players. You know, he loves, you know, he loves Levine Toilolo. He loves um, <laughs> Logan Thomas. I mean, he's a big TJ Hawkinson guy, and his favorite player doesn't even play on the Lions, and that's Aaron Rodgers. But one of Grifka's other favorites, uh, Miles Killebrew, um, is coming back again. I mean, Miles Killebrew to me is a guy I was excited about when they took him. He was kind of a crazy, you know, run and hit type safety. You know, we saw him in training camp. He's just rocked out like he hadn't left the weight room since eighth grade. But he never really found his role here, you know, in Detroit. He just uh, couldn't play safety, couldn't really play linebacker, didn't get many opportunities. When he did, you know, he was spotty at best. He, he's he been a really top special teamer, though. I mean, he's found a home there. You know, one of the top graded guys across the entire NFL. You know, really hardworking guy, seems like a good teammate, all those type of things you look for. So, you know, happy to bring Kilbrew back. I, I definitely could have moved on from him, but, you know, keeping a guy like that that can help that special teams unit as well as be familiar with all the different things the team does. And if he can help you sort of at safety and linebacker, there's that versatility and that depth that you sort of look for at the bottom of the roster. And then, gosh, who do they bring in? Dennis, uh, I don't know if that's who it was, a wide receiver. I think he came from... Was it the Chargers, Jacksonville? I can't, I can't remember. Just another special teams guy that just before we were recording that came across. Can't say I've done my homework. I saw a few reports that he's a physical freak, like 6'3", 220 almost, uh, can run. Special teams type guy. He's not going to give you much offensively. You know, maybe be a fifth round pick or whatever it may be. So, you know, the Lions are just adding at the bottom of the roster, you know, seeing what they do. I, I got to give a quick hot take here on something. This may upset some of you, but I, I'm really not buying into to Hal Vitae the more I see of him. Like, I see his interviews. He seems like a goof. Yeah, you know, nice guy. I don't really want nice guys in the trenches on the offensive line. He doesn't seem that, that bright when he's interviewed. He doesn't seem that tough. You know, his answers are not my favorite as far as what he's going to bring to the table. I really just don't see this guy being a dog on the offensive line. You know, I see him being serviceable. I see him being a big body that can maybe move some people in the run game. But I'm just not very high on this move. I mean, I hope the guy surprises me, but I just don't see it. And his personality type as well as, you know, the tape he's already put on the field. It's really inconsistent and spotty. People will say, oh, he's this great you know, run blocker and has some issues in pass pro, this, that, and the other, like, I don't know. I'm, it's definitely a wait and see, and I'm definitely souring on it based on what I see. Um, just doesn't seem like that that tough guy, that guy you want in the trenches, and that guy that's going to really be an anchor on the right side, either at, at guard or tackle. 
Um, the Lions, like I said, do have money left. We'll see what they do. I think they will bring something to the table. I just don't know what. Uh, I'm definitely leaning, you know, Logan Ryan. They haven't done anything on the offensive side of the ball. You know, haven't added really any impact guys that could be future receivers. They haven't added to the tight end room. You know, they've only done some offensive line moves, no running back moves. I, I would not mind seeing Devonta Freeman. You know, people act like this guy's completely done. I mean, he's had his injury issues. There's no question. This guy's still young enough. You watch him in his heyday. Gosh, he ran with such ferocity. He can catch the football. He's one of those smaller running backs that can run you over and can do some things. So I would definitely not mind him as a signing. And again, you go ahead and get him. That just lets you say, all right, we're not even going to worry about running back in those first few rounds of the draft unless somebody totally jumps off the board as just a crazy value because, you know, between Freeman, Carrion, Bo, you know, Ty, we should be should be able to do some things. And and when I say that, I almost catch myself because Carrion Johnson, other than the flashes I've seen, hasn't really done much in the, in the NFL to this point. Bo Scarborough has been a journeyman, just had a cup of coffee where he looked good. Ty Johnson hasn't done anything as a pro. I mean, what, he have one play in the preseason with some speed or in training camp and then maybe a run or two when he was out there. That's about it. So I, I don't know why I feel like we're set if we had those few guys and added Devonta Freeman. I feel like you're only going to get that run game right if you go put a big investment and, and you make a swing for somebody. So... You know, we'll see what they do. I mean, the cheap route is to think you're good there, but we've seen how that's gone in the past, where you roll in with guys like that or another journeyman or another injured guy, and by midseason you're sitting there going, wow, we're 28th, 29th and rushing again. Like, I do not want to see that. So I would hope they'd add an offensive piece. Uh, the defensive guys they got, I think, you know, fit the scheme as well as seem to have some good energy. I really liked what I heard from Jamie Collins as as well as Deron Harmon. You know, those guys seem to be good football players. Even Trufant, right before I hit record here, I saw a quote saying that he really thinks he can get back to where he was before his injury and, and turn over, get the football, you know, from the opposing team, which is what the Lions need, no doubt about it. So that's kind of what's going on with the team off the bat. Now, I said I'd get back to Grifka. I got to beat him up here before I take my break and get to my main topics of the day. Grifka gave you a, a 20-minute soliloquy on offensive guards. You know, I, I, I gave him the cool title on the podcast called the, the NFL Draft OGs. But instead, Grifka puts you to bed with some Zs because he wanted to talk about mid-round guards. And, and the best he could come up with was his boy from Michigan, Ben Bredesen. Ben Bredesen, Grifka, is a guy that was like the number one guard-type prospect early in the process. Now he's falling way down the list. I mean... The Draft Network has Bredesen here at 138 overall. You know, that's a third, fourth type round pick, which I know is what you were hinting on. But, I mean, he doesn't do much for me. You know, you're saying, oh, Glasgow out, Bredesen in. Like, I, I wouldn't be a huge fan. Now, of course, because he's from Michigan and because he did play some football that you got to see in your lazy boy and that I got to see as well. I mean, it wouldn't be my most hated pick that we could have. I'll get to those in a moment that you mentioned. But... I don't know. I do think they need to wait on, on guard if possible, but there's also in the second, third round, there's going to be better options than what you brought up. So, you know, Logan Stenberg from Kentucky is another guy you brought up. He's 115 overall on the Draft Network's board. 
again, not a guy that I like. Haven't taken him in any mocks. Don't really love what he brings to the table, especially in the third, fourth, uh, even fifth round. You know, I'm definitely looking at other positions at that point. And then you go way down the list, Grifka, with Daryl Williams out of Mississippi State. I mean, I'm, I I know, like you mentioned, you probably watched this guy a few times, but it doesn't matter who you watch because, the, like, none of these guys are that highly rated. None of these guys are going to be game changers. They're just flyers that you're trying to take on mid-level offensive guards. The only way I think the Lions fix offensive guard if they're going to leave it the way it is now is take a Ruiz in the high second round. You know, take um, my guy, which I'm a little split on this guy, Natani Muti. I know it's one of uh, Grifka's favorite names. You know, he, he loves the names in the draft. Um, Muti could be a big, nasty mother that you could put in there and try to grind out some people. Tyler Biadish out of Wisconsin is a guy that, yeah, maybe slips to the third, fourth plus round. He's a center, um, could probably play some guard. And then Damian Lewis is from, um, from LSU, who I think has played all of his snaps basically at right guard. And that's what I would love is a guy that's just, hey, his college career was at right guard. You you draft him, you plug and play him right there. That would be my ideal scenario. Shane Lemieux is a guy that Logan Lamarandier I knew brought up in an article. I, I'm not a big fan. I've, I see him kind of creeping up the boards here recently. Not a huge fan. And then you got the other kid from Michigan, Michael uh, Amenu. Uh, he, he could be a later type uh, you know option that you go with, but... Grifka, I'm throwing all your suggestions out the door. I, I know that was your your in-depth draft prep that you did on offensive guards in the middle rounds, but I, I'm i not a fan of who you picked. I'm not a fan of where you would have taken some of those guys, but hey, right now, offensive guard is one of the bigger open spots. But again, you really want to fix it? I'd say second, third round, you go ahead and fix it. If you want to wait, I'd be waiting till the sixth seventh trying to take a flyer and some of these guys are going to fall down the board and, and hope they can help you as well as you know i don't know that you're going to get a late drop prospect that's better than benchwall or you know giving garnett a chance in there and who knows i'm so down on hal vitae he might be moving into guard and, and we might draft a right tackle either ezra cleveland that i've heard a lot about or you know um, some of these other guys that could play right the right side and do it that way. So I, I'm not sure what's going to happen, of course, because this is what I do on the show and Griff not here and I got to have some fun with him. I had to beat him up in the beginning of the show with his goofy intros that he does. I had to beat him up on his offensive guards and I'm sure I'll get back to making fun of him later in the show as well. But uh, everybody, what I want to do for the second part of the show is I want to talk about combo meals. You know what I'm talking about when I'm talking combo meals. You go to McDonald's, you you already know what you want to order when you come to that drive-thru. They usually give you a sandwich, fries, and a drink. And you know you've got your favorites. You know there's all types of different combos you can make. You usually don't even look at the menu. You come up there, you say, I want the number three. I want the two cheeseburger meal. I want the, I want the Baconator, whatever it may be. Well, when we come back from the break, I'm going to give you guys combo meals when it comes to the NFL draft. I did a bunch of three round quick mocks where I kind of tried to make combo meals, like three players in the first, second, and third round, no trades, no nothing. And going to give those to you, talk you through them. And then you guys can say, Hey, if I could pick these out from a menu when the lions are on the clock or when when it comes to the NFL draft, what would be my favorite combo meal for the Detroit lions? We know what the needs are. We know what the opening spots are. 
let's get down to some combos and figure out what's going to be the most delicious. What's the one we're going to order? What's the one that we're going to uh, come back and put on our favorites? What's the one that's going to be the most appetizing for the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, the Detroit Lions fans, and the Detroit Lions themselves as a football team? So we'll do all that. And a little bonus clip at the very end of the show. you got to hang in there to listen to this. Something very cool. We'll get to that at the very end of the show. So everybody hang in for our sponsors. Please give them a listen. It really helps us out. I'll be right back to talk. NFL Draft Detroit Lions Combo Meals. Make it supersized right after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody, we're back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Thank you so much for listening to Spotify. Thank you for listening to Anchor Podcast. I think some of you guys have been hitting up Anchor Podcast because every time I go on my Twitter feed, I'm seeing people trying to replicate what we've brought here on the Kool-Aid cast, starting their own uh, podcasts about lions, about all types of different topics. So that's really cool to see. I mean, it's more competition, uh, but we hope you'll continue to listen to this. And uh, there's so many other Lions podcasts out there. I was talking to a friend. I think I've said this on the show before, but <laughs> there's a lot of great ones out there. Obviously, Eric Schlitz podcast. He, he's no nonsense. He gets right down to it. He talks football um, straight up. And what you've got... Uh, You've got Belegion who comes on with, with Scott Bischoff. That's good stuff. They're usually focused on the draft. I like that one. The <laughs> the one that I enjoy, when it pops up on my podcast feed, the one I enjoy so much, I'm just giving free plugs left and right here, but who cares? <laughs> the, <laughs> the Mike O'Hara and Ken Brown podcast is tremendous. The, the intro music is second to only the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, the little jingle they got to start the show. It's It almost sounds like Snoop Dogg, but with a little bit of jazz, and it. it's it's incredible. And Ken Brown just getting after Mike O'Hara. Mike O'Hara saying the funniest things, mispronouncing people's names. Uh, <laughs> they just have a great chemistry. I, and my favorite part is when Ken Brown will just repeat the same thing four or five times in a row. Uh, absolutely love it. Makes me laugh every time. I know I probably said that before on the show, but like I said, <laughs> if you haven't listened to them, please check it out because it's one of my favorites. It's usually 20 minutes or less. They get right into it. It's tremendous. So check check out those podcasts and please keep listening to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Really appreciate it. All right, let, let's stop messing around. Let's get into these combo meals. So uh, everybody knows kind of the general needs, and I've talked about this in the draft, that yeah, you can look at these general needs, but you can't necessarily pigeonhole yourself into going Grifka style. In the first round, I'm going to take a defensive end. In the second round, I'm going to take the best corner. And then the third round, I better get my offensive guard. You know, you can't do it that way, but you can sort of have your menu of of needs and then your menu of all the valuable players that are out there and try to make them match up and make them, you know, the most 
the the best combo you can when you're when you're trying to marry both of those together. So when we're looking at needs again, it's defensive end, it's cornerback, defensive tackle, interior offensive line, offensive guard type position. You could still use an offensive tackle both for the future or to possibly push a guy like Hal Vitae or even replace a guy like Taylor Decker. Running back, I put on my list because I think you got to consider that. Um, linebacker, you know, the last couple, which are kind of ancillary ones, or, you know, quarterback is out there, you know, if you want to sort of do something there, as well as, yeah, they have to plan for the future in regards to receiver, but it's not an immediate need. So those are the, you know, that's probably eight, ten positions I just rambled off to the Lions need in the NFL draft. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give you these combo meals. So what I tried to do was I just tried to start off with kind of the, you know, the most the most common combo meal that you hear about or the one that everybody might, you know, want most. And that's Chase Young falling to the Detroit Lions at number three. So if that's the case, if Chase is the case at number three, I mean, I think you run to the podium, you select him. So now you got your defensive end, your rush player that they need badly. So in the second round combo with him, I was able to get Ross Blacklock out of TCU. Seems to be a name that's associated a lot with the Lions defensive tackle. I think they've already done some things at defensive tackle with Nick Williams, with uh, Danny Shelton, both of those moves I like, but they could still use that penetrator, that guy that's a real disruptive force in there that can that can rotate get that rotation going so you know i wouldn't mind ross blacklock there in the second round and then because i waited yeah i'm putting corner at the top of the list there in round three if it makes sense and in this case it seemed to our net from ohio state the cornerback was there so i walked away with a combo meal of chase young ross blacklock and david arnett in the first three rounds um i you, you know, those are the all defense. Now, this is what I did, too, to break this up. So my first um, first four of these combo meals are going to be all ignoring receiver, ignoring running back, basically, for the most part, except they did one here, ignoring quarterback. Um, because, like, I'm not opposed to taking those, but I'm definitely going into the draft knowing that the value is in the fourth, fifth, round when it comes to the the running backs wide receivers there's going to be tempting options early but you got to wait so um that that's kind of what i did and then the, the next few that i tell you about i opened the doors up a little bit to kind of take some of those other players and see how the combo meals worked out so let's go to the combo meal number two you're looking at the menu Number two looks tasty. Number two has my boy Isaiah Simmons. Um, they're at three. I think that, gosh, he's just such a versatile player. The interviews, he said he learned a ton of positions. He seems like he's willing to do anything for the team. Obviously, that's what Matt Patricia wants. He's a versatile player. He's a leader, captain, uh, just a not only a physical freak, but got everything else you want. And you're not just getting a linebacker, getting a linebacker, safety, defensive end, uh, run and hit guy, a, a guy that hopefully turned the football over lots from him. So Isaiah Simmons, I love him if you're going to stick and pick at three. Um, when it came around to the second round here, again, I was kind of highlighting cornerback because I passed on him. I didn't take Okuda there at the top of the draft. So in the second round, I went ahead and got Noah Igbenogany out of 
Auburn. Um, I still think he's a really freakish athlete, a guy that can has some returnability, but also it's just a corner you can grow. I feel like this guy has a lot of traits you look for, and as a guy, the Lions could just teach them, teach him how to play cornerback the way they want him to play, rather than a guy that comes in and is just a, you know, an island corner or a slot they're trying to make an outside corner. You know, they could take this kid and really mold him. And then in the third round, I kind of had a tough pick. There was a couple guys on the board. I wasn't really sure what to do. This isn't a guy I love, but I've been hearing some late buzz about him here in the process. And that's um, that's Davis out of Alabama, you know, defensive tackle. This is a guy, and I heard um, Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks say this is the guy you want coming off the bus. He's just a physical beast. Now, college career, a little up and down. He said he kind of ran with some of the bad crowds or went along with some. Of the, but it seems like he really has his head on his shoulders now. So if he's a physical beast and now he has his head on his shoulders and he's from Alabama and he still was pretty good in college, you know, yeah, Roquan Davis is a guy that, um, you know, you know, I'd be looking at there in the third round if he was available as a defensive tackle with some size and ability and pedigree when it comes to the college game. So that's combo number two. Simmons, Igbenogany, and and Davis. Now, Jeffrey Okuda leads off combo meal number three. This is a guy that everybody has been talking about. You know, it seems like the slam dunk, easy pick. You know, you just go ahead and take him, him, True Font, AO, um, kind of your top three corners. I mean, I can see that. I can see that as being a way to sort of reinvent your corners on the fly, use some youth. Okuda seems like a slam dunk prospect. So I went ahead and went with him. When it came to the second round, I went back to the Ross Blacklock, um, you know, well. I, I didn't see any edges that I liked at that point. I felt like I could wait. I felt like the Lions still really value the defensive tackle. You know, they, they don't even want to rush as hard from the edge sometimes as they do want to get penetration and run stuffing up the middle. So I took Blacklock there in round two. And then what I hoped happened kind of did happen. I was able to get Joshua Uche out of Michigan in the third round to take care of that edge slash guy that, yeah, he can play the edge. You can move him inside. You know, he's also probably has some off the ball stand up type ability. So I, I thought those were three really solid picks. Again, um, you can see these first three combos, all defense. You know, you've heard me say on this podcast, you can't just go in saying I want all defense or draft all defense and then our defense will be good and our offense will be um, good because it was pretty good last year. You know, really got to play value. And that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to fill needs and, and play value here in the beginning of this draft. Combo meal number four. Now, this is where I got a little crazy, but I want to do these combos, too, to kind of show you the different options. So we've already dealt with Chase Young at three, Simmons at three, Okuda at three. At pick number three for the Detroit Lions, they select Tua Tungavailoa, quarterback. Again, I'm not I'm not really advocating this move. I feel like you can still definitely roll with Stafford. But if you're playing the value game, if you're playing the, you know, who's the absolute most important position who's the top player at when healthy who's the guy that could play for 10 12 years i think tua is a guy that must be considered especially if people hold you up and don't think you're going to take him you have to consider it so i took Tua at number three Um, you know in that scenario he would probably he would be learning and getting healthy behind stafford in 2020 2021 you'd hopefully trade stafford go with tua 
and have him the leader of your team moving forward, as well as be able to put some skill guys and offensive line around him and just have him totally bought into who you want him to be. You hope he's the leader. You hope he's the total leader, captain, just game changer at quarterback that you've you've wanted and, and always searched for. And people say, well, that's what Stafford is. And yeah, Stafford's done some great things here. He can throw it all over the yard, but he has not taken us um, to those crucial clutch big time wins. And that's really what it's all about at the end of the day, despite all the stats. And you can say the team around him, I'm just saying, I feel like if you take Tua, you're, you're, you're betting on that he's going to be that game changer if he has a perfect team around him or not in the future. So in the second round, again, I was playing the value game, and the Lions have already done some things when it comes to safeties. But in this mock draft, uh, Grant Delpit was sitting there at top of the board, best player available, basically. And I think Grant Delpit's a great player. You know, I think he's fallen down based on tackling, based on not having a great year last year. But I think he really brings a lot to the table that you would like. So, yeah, you've got Tracy. Yeah, you've got Will Harris. Yeah, you've got Jerron Harmon. I understand that. But this is showing you that sometimes you need to somewhat ignore all those and go ahead and take the talent, which I did at number three here with Tua. And I did it again in the second round with Delpit, knowing that I already had other players there. But I'm feeling like he's not only an upgrade, but he if he's a future star, I don't want to pass on him just to take another position. Um so that's the approach I was taking and the way this one worked out, which I don't know if this guy will be here, but if he is, I would probably run to the podium in the third round. I was able to take probably my draft crush, probably my guy that I've grown to love the most throughout this process, just based on what I saw when I watched him, when I listened to him at the podium, Marlon Davidson of Auburn. For the whole process, he seemed like he's been listed as edge. You watch his tape. He's basically a big edge rusher, almost like a Deshaun Hand size. A 290 300 pounder coming off the edge but he can bend he can get to the quarterback when he's in range he seems to get the ball out I really like it now he seems to be listed more as a defensive tackle or interior defensive lineman which I think is just a bonus like if you played edge you think you're an edge but oh you're also a, an interior guy as well that just seems to fill two needs with one pick which I love doing that's why I always somewhat Grifka um, <laughs> support the tight end spots because tight ends are sort of like offensive players and sort of a ancillary offensive lineman type. So you're kind of comboing two for one. Same with safeties. Safeties can be safeties. Safeties can be corners. Safeties can be linebackers, which we'll get to here in a moment with some of these other combo meals. So those are my first four combos. Again, I'll run them down quickly. Chase Young, Blacklock, Arnett. Combo number two, Simmons, Igbenogany, Davis. Combo number three, Okuda, Blacklock, Uche. Combo number four, Tua, Delpit, Davidson. Now let's go to the other side of the ledger where I opened up my options a little bit more and didn't ignore running back, wide receiver, tackle, you know, other positions as much. Now I still tried to play the value game as best I could. So combo number five, Chase Young at number three. At the top of the second round, he was staring me in the face, and I want to fix that run game. I pulled the trigger, and I took um, I took Taylor out of Wisconsin, the running back, uh, just an absolute beast. He blew away the combine. He's big. He's fast. He's a great guy off the field. He produced like a madman at college. Why would he stink at the NFL game? It's not going to happen. He's going to be a beast. And then the third round, I took Grifka's new favorite player. Why? Because he mostly just likes names and likes to do funny gimmick names instead of worry about the guy's talent. But this guy's talent 
and his name's kind of funny because he Grifka likes to put it with his other guy, Rocky Sin. And so in the third round, I took Jeremy Chin because instead of going to Indy where it would be Rocky Chin, he'd come to Detroit. Let me see. Can I think of one? Uh, Chin and I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Maybe there'd be a guy could get the. Um, that could combo with Chin to be funny, make some t-shirts. But Jeremy Chin's a really good football player, safety. You can move him to linebacker. He can run and hit. He's a big physical guy. I, he's really grown, grown on me throughout the process. So Jeremy Chin there in the third round looked like a good value. Combo meal number six. We got a couple more of these. Akuda cornerback at top. In the second round, I was able to get A.J. Epineza, big kind of unathletic, didn't test well, but plays well and is exactly what the lines look for. So if I can get him in the second round there, I would I would be all about it. Okuda, Epineza, and then the third round, I can't believe this guy was there. I couldn't pass him up again. In my perfect scenario, I'd wait till maybe the fourth to grab my running back, and then the fifth round, we got those multiple picks. I'd be taking one or two receivers from rounds five to seven based on who's there and where, where I think the value is best. But this guy, hey, third round, I don't think there's a way you can pass him. Again, college production, hard-nosed guy, um, big school, just seems like he's going to be a, a gritty, grimy NFL football player, come in here, really put us over the top in the run game. J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. Now everyone says, there's no way he's getting a third round. He did in this mock, so I took him. <laughs> so Okuda, Epineza, Dobbins, those are three names everybody likes. Um, three names that produced. Three names that I think everybody would be happy with if the Lions got those in a combo meal in the first three rounds. Two more of these. Uh, combo meal number seven. You go up to the drive through window, you're like, give me the number seven. You're going to get Simmons. You're going to get Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan interior offensive lineman. The first time that that need married up with what I thought was decent value. So I went ahead and took Cesar Ruiz. And then I went back to the Ohio State well, which I hate to do because they're Ohio State. But I took Arnett, again, the cornerback. I mean, this is a guy you saw in the late first, then the you know early mid second now he's dropping all the way to the upper third round in some of these mocks i i would definitely consider it he's a press corner he's a gritty guy you know kind of a i think he was comp- compared to like a Kyle Fuller type you know i think when you're waiting that long on the cornerback position which is the argument i had with Logan Lamarandier like yeah you can take Okuda like i hope they take him i hope he's tremendous i hope he's a lockdown corner for you know, six, eight years, whatever it may be. But you can also play the game and say, no, let me wait because if I can get an Arnett in the third, if I can get a um, Terrell or an Igbenogany or, you know, Diggs in the second, third round, you know, that might work out better just based on who you get in those first two rounds if you're able to wait. So that's combo meal number seven, Simmons, Ruiz, oh, sorry, Ruiz and Arnett. <laughs> And then my final combo, again, combo number eight. I had to change this one up a little bit for the uh, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, give you something else to think about. I don't think this is a, like, completely cannot happen, but I don't suspect it will, but it's still something we have to consider. At number three overall, the Detroit Lions select Makai Becton, offensive tackle out of um, Louisville. This guy's, what, 6'5", 300 and... 
40, 50, even 60 pounds. Ran like a 5040. He's got good feet. He, he just seems like he could be a bully that we've never had out there at offensive tackle. May need a little time to develop. But if I'm taking an offensive tackle at three, I think it's probably got to be Becton just because of his upside, because of his size and the ability to move. I love Tristan Wirfs. I love Wills out of Alabama. And Andrew Thomas, if you if you traded back and, and got late first round pick, yeah, he's there as well. But Becton is the guy I think you just have to go with based on um, athletic traits, which Grifko would say, you know, he, what has he done? Or, you know, just looks at the what's on the surface. You don't find many p- human beings that are this size can move like he can and can block out the sun at left tackle. And sometimes that's all you need is just a huge physical beast to be able to stay in front of people and keep them off your quarterback. So I got Becton at three in the second round. So another new name that I took, this guy I like. I think if he's in there in the second round, this would be a guy the Lions would definitely consider. Eater Gross Matos out of Penn State. I think he's got good rush ability. You could you could go ahead and put the number 99 on him, have him rush off the edge. Um, I think he'd really fit. You know, he, he's not as stout as as Davidson or as as Epineza, but Gross Matos is a guy that I think can win around the corner, get after the quarterback, get some sacks, which we obviously need. And then somehow in the third round, again, these mocks, if they're there, I try to take them. I try to evaluate um Jonathan Taylor is there at the top of the third round. I'm going to freaking take Jonathan Taylor. Like <laughs> I, I tried to say, no, I still would maybe wait on running back and maybe I would, but it'd be really hard if you're, if Dobbins or Taylor are there in the third round and you haven't done anything in free agency, if they don't get Freeman and they just leave their running backs as is. And one of those two guys are sitting there in the third round. Yeah. I'm probably going to take them and, and combo them with carry on bow and tie and say, all right, now we have a chance to be special in the run game. So those are those are my combo meals that I did. And I'm curious what you guys would think out there. I gave you eight options. You can come up to the drive-thru. They'll ask you, what would you like today? What of those eight options would you like? Lots of good football players in there. And I wanted to do the first three rounds so you to see that, hey, if you take the corner at three, you still got two rounds after that where you can really make a killing. If you want to go with Simmons at three, you can still have a great three, four top rounds. If you go with Chase Young, you can still get your corner and your uh, linebacker or your, um, you know, interior offensive lineman along with Chase Young. You know, uh, all these combo meals are ways that you can fill needs, still get really good football players, and and not only not reach, but know that if the lines come up to the podium at three and don't take the guy that you love, they might read off a name that you don't like. And you can be like, all right, they don't like that. But Oakry did a bunch of combo meals. And I know that even if they took Okuda and I wanted Simmons, they may come back and get, you know, um, a defensive end or another outside linebacker that would be um, – Equivalent, you know, when you do the math between Akuda and whoever or Simmons and whoever at corner, you know, you can still make those work. So I wanted to kind of show you guys that as well as use that as an example. So let's go ahead and get into this bonus clip here at the end that I teased earlier. Now, I hope you guys uh, had some fun with this episode. I obviously had tried to have some fun with it. I bagged on Grifka a little bit, which is always fun. I talked about kind of where the lines are at with what they've spent what they have left to spend, um, you know, who might be out there. We talked about uh, combo meals, how to make the draft work in all different types of ways. I wanted to kind of finish out with this clip 
I just want to let you guys know, I haven't done this till recently, but something kind of cool that Carson Anderson do on 97.1, they'll go ahead, if you're on Twitter, they'll go ahead and send like a question out. And if you go ahead and get back to them with a tweet, or they have that text line that you can text into, they'll not only pick those out to read on air, but they'll actually send you a little message saying, hey, we're, we're going to read this on the air in the next 10 minutes or at this time. And you can actually jump on there and, and they'll read your stuff, they'll give your Twitter handle, give your name or whatever. So, um, you know, I've done that a couple times and, um, you know, got a few things read in the past, but this one just happened before we got recording today. They were asking people, hey, if you're picking at three and Joe Burrow and Chase Young are gone, you cannot trade who are you taking? And uh, I sent in a response, and they read it on air, and this is what it sounded like. Take a listen. Uh, from Derek Oakry on Twitter. I just feel as if you have to go Simmons at number three. Versatile, unique player, and a leader. You can get other cornerbacks, but there isn't another Simmons in this draft or anywhere else, in my opinion. A lot of love coming in for Isaiah Simmons today. Well, the versatility is uh, is tantalizing, to say the least. So there it is. I just wanted to play that clip really quick. I mean, it's always kind of cool when your stuff gets out there, when, you know, again, trying to build my name a little bit uh, around making football career and doing a bunch of things. But just that quick tweet. And like I said, I got a quick note that they were going to read it. I was able to quickly uh, um, record it and, and just thought I'd add it here to the show. Uh, again, I've done a lot of promotions for other podcasts and other things out there. But, uh, you know, Karsha Anderson always been one of my favorite uh, listens from, from 10 to – what are they on? 10 to 10 to 2, I think, is kind of when they're on 97.1. I always try to check up with them, see what they're talking about. Love it when they're talking Lions and draft and, and trying to figure this whole thing out. You know, they really have the fans' perspective. You know, they're talking about some of the bigger names, some of the people, um, you know, we like to focus on as well. And uh, just a really good show overall. Both, both seem to be really good guys. And I just appreciate what they do. You know, they don't. Um, ignore the fans as well as they give you that opportunity to get something that simple, you know, just a thing I, I wrote in two seconds and uh, be able to get it on a, a national radio show. There is pretty cool. And like I say, it's happened a few different times. So I just appreciate them, you know, being open to putting myself and other people on their show as well as, um, you know, always talking lines football is tremendous, just like we do right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. So that's it, everybody talked about a lot today i hope you enjoyed those combo meals i'd be really curious what combo meal you'd pick in the detroit lions drive through but until the draft comes we'll be back next week talking all things detroit lions and doing what we do here on the detroit kool-aid cast and you know what that is each and every week we simply do this drink it in uh... take care everybody we're out Drink it in, man.